Hello, and welcome to the Nonprofit Radio Show, a podcast with tips and tools for small nonprofits. If you feel in the dark about how to run a nonprofit, sunshine is on its way. I'm Nancy Bacon, and I'm joined by Sarah Brooks. And today we're talking about culture, specifically how to create a culture that people want to be a part of. Ooh, I'm so excited, Nancy. Does this mean we're finally going to unpack that phrase, culture eats strategy for lunch? Oh, yes. Let's definitely do that because so often nonprofit people are just eating leftovers at their desk for lunch. So let's, I love that idea. Culture and lunch. We're going to change the conversation. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, you know, we hear the word culture a lot, but like, what does it really mean? I mean, who really knows, right? It's that thing that's there. Um, culture is so subjective that, you know, studies show that a boss thinks they have great culture only to find out that the people don't agree. That's embarrassing, isn't it? It, And it happens. (laughs) It does happen. It does happen. And, you know, I've studied a lot of culture in, in, I used to work internationally and culture has been compared to everything from an iceberg to computer software. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure we're coming up with even more uh, interesting metaphors for it during a pandemic. We absolutely are. And in fact, let me just throw one more out there. Simon Sinek says, and I quote here, culture is like the wind. It is invisible, yet its effect can be seen and felt. When it is blowing in your direction, it makes for smooth sailing. When it is blowing against you, everything is more difficult. Mm, that's pretty wise. I'm I'm looking forward to unpacking this lunch. I'm hoping that at some point today, we're also going to explore the topic of how you intentionally build a culture rather than just living with or what often happens working around the one you have. Absolutely. So let's dive in. I mean, I think the first thing is what is culture, right? What, I mean, let's let's define what we're talking about. Culture is how a particular group comes together. And it shows up in three ways. It shows up in the stuff. So that's the, you know, the agendas, the, the handbooks, the, the wall hangings, the physical space that you work in. Secondly, it shows up in your words and behavior. So if I were to show up at your next board meeting, what would I see people doing and what would I hear? The third thing is that feeling in your body that we've all walked into a space where all of a sudden we know we belong. These are our people or, Ooh, we're like, I don't really belong here. Right. (laughs) So culture shows up in those three ways. It's a lot less ethereal than people think. Sometimes we think it's just that air that we breathe, but actually you there's, you know, there's stuff that we could look for. I love that we're using stuff as a highly technical term. I know stuff is, you know, yes, we should define our term stuff. It's that (laughs) stuff around you for sure. So If we're talking about stuff, though, then who makes or sets an organizational culture? You know, it's an important question to think about who's ultimately responsible for this, because I think often in nonprofits, we have this dispersed leadership, right? We have boards and executive directors and staff. So we kind of like nobody, sometimes it feels like nobody has ownership of culture, But, you know, to answer your question, I think leadership, the leaders of the organization really set the culture to start with. And it's a partnership, right? It's a partnership between the leaders and then the the folks, the team, the volunteers, the staff, whatever, have to reinforce that culture. But ultimately, you can't have a strong culture. You can't have culture change for sure if you don't have the leader on board. 
You know, that's so interesting you say that, Nancy. It reminds me of being a cross-country running coach um, where I, I, it is this interesting give and take, right? As the coach, I, I do feel like I have to be very intentional about what kind of culture we're going to have. Are we going to be a cutthroat win at all costs team? Are we going to be a celebrate everyone team? Are we somewhere in the middle? <laughs> you know, how, what's that feeling? And, and I also have to be aware to how it's landing with the actual runners on the team, right? Is this resonating for them? Is it working for them? Is it motivating them? And so it's this interesting, like, yes, you the leader sets the tone and then the team or in a nonprofit case, the staff or the volunteers are giving feedback that the leader needs to be constantly bringing in and then adapting to so that what you're getting out of your culture is the best out of your people for your mission. You're so right. You know, you're the one who got me addicted to Ted Lasso, the <laughs> Apple Isn't TV it great? show. <laughs> and talk about a coach who really understands culture, culture and leadership. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, and he's a great example of uh, for those who haven't seen the show, he's a, an American football coach who gets hired to um, coach football in England, so soccer. Um, <laughs> and he tries to translate these principles across very different literal cultures, sport cultures, uh, all, all sorts of different cultures. And I think one of the keys to what he does is there's a through line th- through it all. He is thinking all the time about how can I both lead these people and respond to what they're doing to me? Um, to get the best out of us. Absolutely. I, I'm just so inspired by by that. So the, the second thing that we really want to aim for, of course, is alignment, right? That we don't want to be saying one thing and then doing another. Mm-hmm. Um, that we want to make sure that what we think we are as a culture aligns with our actions and what we're saying out there in the community. You know, we talked about that a little with Sky Mercer a couple of weeks ago uh, on the finance side about how, you know, so often in the nonprofit sector, uh, organizations working on social issues talk often about how to combat poverty, but then don't find ways to compensate their staff or recognize their staff. And sort of how are you, how are you in your own house uh, showing what you value? Exactly. And so I think, again, to go to those three ways we see culture, I think it's really important to do almost, I mean, not to get super fancy, but like a culture audit. I invite people in the trainings I run to just stop and think about your culture. And does it align with what you say your culture is or what what you think? And, and again, we talked earlier about what the leader thinks the culture is and what the staff thinks the culture is. And that's another place where you need to have that alignment. You know, I I often ask uh, uh, organizations to just write down three adjectives they would use Mm. to describe their organization. It's a nice, simple, it's a simple ask. It doesn't require someone to write a paragraph. And it is fascinating to Mm -hmm. give that to a board and staff, everyone, anyone who works for the organization, anyone who volunteers, anyone who's on the board, and then collect those and put them into those. Is it called a wordle? Is that the thing when? um, Yeah, like a word cloud, something like that. A word cloud. Yeah, yeah. You get this word cloud. And it's really interesting to see like what words pop and then have a conversation around is that is that our culture? Because sometimes it's exactly what you were hoping for. And sometimes it's exactly what you were not hoping for. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. And that's something that I see a lot in a strategic planning exercise. Isn't that a good, you know, I know, um, you know, just what are the three words that describe you as an organization? And that's a great exercise. And it also guides communications and so much that yeah. happens out of that. 
I mean, I fear, unfortunately, though, Nancy, that sometimes what we see more often are examples of misalignment. Hmm. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I think, you know, we hear a lot of talk about equity, but not a lot of actions backing that up. Right. In the, in the nonprofit world, we hear a lot about our people are the center of our work. And then we see a lot of substandard wage. Yep. You know, and it's particularly hard to have that alignment across locations that if you have multiple, you know, if you have staff spread out over many places, that's that's particularly hard too. lots of areas for misalignment. Totally. And that's why in all of those examples, I think it's really imperative that the leadership of the organization be constantly thinking about culture and constantly thinking about, is it aligned? Is, is Did the action we just took, the vote we just made as a board to do something or not do something, um, do, 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 are we backing that up with something clear and tangible? And if we're not, why not? And what could we do? Yeah. And I know a lot of leaders, we so appreciate how hard your job is. Um, And so you're probably saying, oh, gosh, that's one more thing I have to do. But to go back to that Simon Sinek quote, your job is so much easier if you have those winds blowing at your back, right? That they're not blowing in your face and distracting you from the work that needs to happen. Absolutely. So the third, the third piece here is, is malleable, that culture can be changed, that um, culture is not static where whatever your culture is, that's, you know, that's the way it has to be. Um, so you can hold each other accountable to, to mix up your culture. That's fascinating and probably not always comfortable. No, change is hard. In fact, you know, the, your culture, it's kind of like water running down a hillside. It settles into the way it settles because of the topography and the way that gravity is pulling it down. And your culture is similar. Like it's settled into what it is because of whatever topography exists within your organization, whatever people have been there, whatever structures you have there. And so to change that flow of water, you have to intentionally move some rocks, maybe, right? You have to, you know, you have to ask certain people to step aside or whatever you need to do. But that change can be hard and not everybody's going to be on board. Hmm. Well, that actually has me thinking about lunch again, (laughs) because I find that I get in a rut and eat the same lunch every day. And when I decide it's time to change that rut for whatever reason, a new year's resolution or, or some, some other article I just read convinced me I need to eat something different for lunch. Um, I find I can go about it one of two ways. I can either make a very overt decision. I am now going to eat more vegetables for lunch. And, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, set the plan from that very overt statement, very clear intention, or I can do something more subtle. Like, okay, I still like my peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but I'm going to slip in an orange, Mm -hmm. you know, in there um, for, for after the sandwich and just sort of subtly start changing things. And when I've seen culture changes, effective culture changes at nonprofits. I've seen them function in both ways. So Mm -hmm. sometimes the culture needs to change in a way that allows for a lot of process and a lot of conversation and a lot of overt, like we are now changing this Mm -hmm. and here's how we're going to do it. Um, other times that conversation can be so frustrating for people. They, they get stuck in semantics about what does this mean and how would that work? And, uh, they just kind of spin in the getting ready to change phase um, Mm -hmm. that I've seen leadership do wonderful things to just subtly make change in culture. So for example, um, changing up what's on your board agenda, 
If, if your board is of a culture that they don't ever ask the staff questions, um, then changing up the way you frame an agenda item mm -hmm. instead of saying, we're going to get the finance report, ask a question on the agenda. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the, the finance report is, are we concerned about our reserves and what are we going to do to grow them? <laughs> um, you've subtly changed the culture of what your board will, meeting will be like. You can change it in the materials you share ahead of a meeting and how you present them. And you can change it, interestingly enough, in simply the way you introduce something, right? Mm -hmm. There's a big difference between, oh, it's time for a quarterly fundraising report. I know we all hate that, but we got to do it. That's was one culture about how you feel about raising money, right? Versus, hey, y'all, we're doing a great job, but we're a little bit behind. Let's rally together and figure out creative ways to catch up in this quarter. It's time for our fundraising session. Mm. Very, very, very different cultures of, of approach to fundraising. And you would feel that difference in those conversations. So sometimes it's just in the opening line. I, I love that. And I think that, you know, people settle into what they know when the first things that they hear or what they see around them is what they've always seen. So mm -hmm. I think a really interesting way to shift a culture is to be new, be novel, be surprising. You know, in one example, I think of, I think we both have had experiences where, you know, those same conversations of equity keep happening, keep happening. Why not, you know, suddenly open a meeting talking about a book club that we're going to be doing. Everybody's going to read this book and rather than keep having those same conversations, we're going to center those conversations around this book and some key conversations related to, you know, anti-racism behavior that we learn about together through reading that book. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So I think as you're, if you're, if you're thinking about the adjectives you'd use to describe your organization, and they're not the ones you want, mm -hmm. if they if they land in that category of like, I don't think we're quite where our mission needs us to be, um, then you have a culture shift ahead of you. And as a, a person listening to the nonprofit radio show, you know that means you have some strategic thinking. What's going to be the best way to move the people on my team? toward that new culture. And for some cases, it's going to be this overt, clear path. And for others, you're just going to subtly change what we talk about at a meeting. Absolutely. I think our, our listeners know we're always talking about our values, about strategy, about alignment, and about knowing that wherever you are is a great place to be. And our hope is that we can just support you to move forward to wherever you want to go. Exactly. So what is our word of the week this week, Sarah? Ah, I believe, I think we should go with detach. That, you know, that's a, I like that word because I think about that Ron Heifetz concept of going out on the balcony. You know, he, mm -hmm. he talks about um, how do we kind of get ourselves out of our organization. I think a lot about, um, you know, we like to hike in the Pacific Northwest and we stand out there on the ledge where we can see the whole valley underneath us. That notion of getting separation from the day-to-day, -day, from, from the, you know, operations of your organization. So reflecting with that emotional separation about mm. your culture. I mean, sometimes we contributed to the culture, whether it's good or bad, right? And um, getting that separation so that we can see what kind of leadership, what kind of collaborative reflection we need to kind of come together around to get it right that by detaching ourselves from the space that we hold, we can better understand and influence our culture. 
Right. And I think that's a really important point, Nancy, that it that sometimes we we are afraid to go out on that balcony because it's a reflection of something we maybe missed or um, a, a, a leadership choice we made that didn't get us pointed in the right direction. And I think the important point here is to acknowledge that your culture is changeable. And if you take that detached look you can see where it should go. And, and that, I like the word detach because to me, I think of detach as to let go, which of course we hope your balcony is not doing. Um, <laughs> but but I, I just have come to believe that so many people see their culture as fixed. And so they spend all this time and energy on how to work around it, right? Well, our culture is to, to hate what the boss says. And so we've got all these systems in place to work around them, <laughs> Instead of saying, hmm, what would it look like if we changed that culture? Um, and, and how could we actually do that? Because then the, the sailing, as Simon Sinek tells us, would be a whole lot smoother. Um, so we want to remind you today that you, you can. You have to identify where you are with your culture and clarify what you want. And then nonprofit radio show tenant number probably two or three is make a plan to get there. Um, but you can let go of the cultures that aren't working for you. And you can build the ones you want. So this week, we're going to challenge you to write down what you see as your organization's culture and ask those around you to do the same and look at the answers. See, and then write down what you want it to be and see if those lists match up. Use that as a starting place for a healthy conversation or strategy about how to get where you want to be. You can build the culture your mission needs. You've got this. Thank you for listening to the Nonprofit Radio Show. If you like what you heard on today's episode, please consider sharing the podcast and rating us on your favorite podcast site. Your support is the best way for us to reach more people. We invite you to look at the show notes at nonprofitradioshow.com for ideas on how to bring these conversations into your organization or to tell us what you'd like to hear next. Nonprofit Radio Show is produced by Nancy Bacon and Sarah Brooks. Editing and post-production are provided by Margaret Mep Schulte of Three Choices Creative Communications. Music is by Riley Crabtree. Together, we are inspired by you and other nonprofit leaders doing important work in our communities.